We got to part number three of our contagious series, and we've been going through a whole lot of stuff. We talked about love, we talked about joy, and uh, how we need to be contagious in those areas of our lives as we let God work in and through us. Well, we're continuing in that today, and about this time last year, we uh, went on a, a church-wide campaign uh, where uh, we did what we call Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, and uh, we uh, many of you you went uh, through this uh, this course um, and it was all about how to budget and how to manage uh, your money and your finances um, and uh, it was amazing to see just some of the stories that came out of that uh, some of you you went in drowning in debt drowning in anxiety and worry about all your finances and not seeing a way out and many of you you came with the tools to get out of there some of you are, are, are on a much better trajectory uh, towards Towards your your financial future, um, and it's something that uh, we, as a family, we've been doing for about uh, uh, four years now, and uh, and we're super excited because uh, this last month, uh, last month uh, uh, was the month that uh, we finally, set for our house, became debt free, and so we were like super excited. I was super excited because it's been a long, hard slog ever since. But uh, throughout that course, uh, we we found out there are two huge problems in our culture today. And these are the two problems in our culture today. One is anxiety, and the other is the need for instant gratification. Anxiety and the need for instant gratification. See, in our world today, so many people, they are drowning in worry, they are drowning in issues, they are drowning in anxiety that they do not have the freedom to live out life as they would have it. And then we have this culture where we want everything today, we don't want to wait for anything, and there's this culture of instant gratification. Now, many of you, when you were little, you may have had one of these. Anyone know what one of these is? It's a piggy bank. Yeah, a piggy bank. You don't see many of these anymore, piggy banks. But what we used to do back in the day, we used to get our change and uh, we would put them in the piggy bank and we would save it all up. And then when it was full, we would break the piggy bank and then we would go and spend the money on whatever we were saving. Now, you don't see many of these anymore. And the reason is, it's because uh, uh, a few generations ago, they were known as the savers and uh, our generation doesn't really know how to save anymore because we don't want to wait tomorrow what we can have today because we have one of these. It is a credit card. I'm sure most of you in this room today, you have credit cards and what these credit cards allow us to do, they allow us, even if we don't have the money to go and buy something, they allow us to go get today instead of waiting for tomorrow. And so we are a country that is up to our eyeballs in credit card debt because we don't know how to wait for tomorrow, what we can get today because of these credit cards. Now, throughout this financial piece, they did an exercise, um, and I actually had some like credit cards I was going to cut up, but I couldn't find them, and I didn't want to cut up my ones in my wallet, and so, uh, but uh, because I actually used some of them, but uh, uh, but. Uh, 
throughout that financial piece, there was an exercise where we started cutting up our credit cards. And that is like unheard of in our culture. Why would anyone cut up a credit card? Everybody needs a credit card. Everybody uses a credit card. I even saw in the news this week that, that in India, they're going towards a cashless society that everybody is trying to use credit cards. So why on earth would we want to cut up a credit card? Why would we not use a credit card? Why would we wait for tomorrow what we can have today? Well, this is the reason why. Did you know the number one reason for divorce in America is not because people fall out of love with each other. It's not because of infidelity. It is because of money issues. The number one reason for divorce in America is because of money issues. Did you know that our generation has more materialistic stuff than any generation before? Our generation has the ability to make more money than any generation before us, but yet we are more in debt than any other generation. There are more bankruptcies in our generation than any other generation, and that includes the generation that lived through the Great Depression, and we are the generation with the highest divorce rate. And this is what I believe is the reason why, because we have a need in our culture for instant gratification. And the problem is, is because we have this need for instant gratification, it causes issues in the long-term future. It causes money issues, which then causes anxiety and worry to overflow. So throughout this series so far, we've been going through uh, a a chapter in the Bible that's found in Galatians chapter 5. And we specifically have been going through verses 22 and 23. And it talks about that when you have the Holy Spirit within you and living within you, there's these fruits that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. And we've already talked about the fruit of love. We've talked about the fruit of joy. And today we're going to talk about two fruits, and they are the fruits of of, uh, of peace and patience. And what I've noticed about these two words, peace and patience, in our generation, even amongst people who are believers of Jesus Christ, peace and patience is becoming a lost art form. Because many of us, we don't know what it means to wake up with peace. And many of us, we have no idea what it means to actually have patience at all. Did you know that 18.1% of Americans have a diagnosed anxiety disorder? 18.1% of Americans have an actual anxiety disorder. That does not even include the millions of people who worry because they don't know if they can pay their bills each month. Or the millions who worry when they send their kids off to school whether that this culture is going to influence their kids in a bad way. It it doesn't uh, even uh, look at the millions of people who just every day just have different anxieties or worries. 18.1% of Americans suffer anxiety disorder. Now, I'm going to make some statements today that many of you, you may actually not believe. And the reason you may not believe is because you don't always see it. But the statements I make are, if we are true followers of Jesus Christ, this should be the case. And the first statement I want to make is this. 
The difference between a follower of Jesus Christ and those who do not allow God to work in and through their lives is that a believer should not be anxious. Now, the reason we may not believe that is because we see lots of people who are followers of Jesus Christ and they suffer anxiety. But the reality in the truest form of Christianity, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, then you should not become anxious. See, the believer should be able to wait until tomorrow what everybody else wanted yesterday. A believer should be able to do that. Why? Because of one reason. Because we have Jesus. That is the reason why we as believers, we should not become anxious. In fact, Jesus said this in John 14, 27. Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now notice that Jesus said this. He goes, I am leaving you with a gift. I'm going to give you a gift. If you are my followers, I'm going to give you a gift. And the gift is this, peace of mind and heart. See, when you walk into a room, you have the ability, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, to be at ease even in the most troubled situation. You have the ability as, G, as a follower of Jesus Christ to, to, to be calm even in the most anxious moments. And that is because Jesus has given you a gift. Now, I don't know if when you were kids or not, if you were like me, but you used to get a birthday, you used to go to a birthday party and you would have, uh, you know, you would come and people would bring gifts and presents. Now, when I was a child, I would look at the biggest gift, and I'd be like, that's the one I want. Forget all the small ones. And so this morning, I got two gifts. I got a big gift, and I've got a little gift right here. And uh, when I was a kid, I would like, I want the big gift. I want the big gift, because everything we know, the best things come in big packages, right? No. We are told in this world that the best things come in small little packages. But anyway, as a child, we wanted the big gift. And this is the problem that we have in our culture today. Our culture is offering us big gifts. They're offering us things that are big and shiny. And and the expectations and the opportunities are amazing. And so we see these big gifts our culture is showing us. And often uh, the gift is often purchased by one of these. And so we see these big gifts and we want to devour them and we want to go. So we start to open them and we all look at the big gifts. But yet Jesus is giving us a small little gift. But so often in the chaos of our culture and our lives, we're looking at the big gift and we, let, we leave the little gift behind. And we forget about the little gifts that Jesus gives us. And so we pursue the big gifts and we open the big gifts. And what you find, like most kids, the big gifts aren't always the best. Sometimes they're just a big box with nothing in at all. And we start opening these big gifts our culture keeps giving us and they keep making us unsatisfied. But yet Christ is coming and he's saying, 
I'm giving you a gift. It might not look as big, as shiny and great as the gifts our culture is giving you. But it's a gift that I want you to take and open. And Jesus says that when you take this gift and you open this gift, that it will give you peace of mind and heart. Notice the Bible says that this world cannot give you this gift. So you cannot get this gift by opening the big shiny presence that the world is giving you. You can only get this gift by opening the small gifts that Jesus gives us. But the reason Jesus wants you to open this gift is because he wants to carry your anxiety and your worries. And so this is what Jesus wants to do. Jesus wants to give you his gift and then he wants you to go and get all your anxieties and worries and bundle them all together and put them in a big bag and wrap them and give them back to him as a gift back to him. See, Jesus said that he would carry the weight of our worries. 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us this. It says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. So if you've got any worries or anxieties today, Jesus is saying this. Go get them. Go gather them and come and give them to me. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7 says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That even means the little things to pray about. We were in Baltimore City yesterday and we were trying to find free parking in Little Italy because we didn't want to pay the $15, $18 to park in a parking garage. And I hear my wife say, Lord, give us a parking space. And no joke, within 10 seconds, a parking space appeared. It was amazing. Pray about everything, even the little things in life. Then he says this, Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. See, this is what I know about the peace that comes from the heart that is filled with the spirit of God. Nothing can destroy it. When you have peace, nothing can destroy you, nothing can tear you down, nothing becomes so heavy that you cannot go on at all. So last week in the news, uh, there was a story uh, of thousands of people in North North, uh, California who had to evacuate their homes because there was a dam, the Orville Dam, which is like the highest dam, they said, in America, that, that it was eroding. Because they had had so much rain over the previous couple of weeks that even uh, the flood streams that that they make, uh, if there's too much water, they were starting to erode. And there was fears that the dam was going to fail and water was going to come and flood all these homes. So all these people had to evacuate because of this. And this is what happens with, with, with a dam. It, it becomes a resistance to the water and the water keeps, keeps hitting against it and hitting against it. And they make them so good these days that, that it doesn't matter how much water comes and how much power is against it, that structure will stand strong. But the problem is there was too much water that came to this dam. And so it started to erode 
And as it started to erode, there was fears that the dam was going to fail. And this is like your lives. This is what happens in our lives when there's issues and there's problems and there's anxieties and there's financial worries or relationship worries or health worries. What happens is as individuals, we put up a standard against it. We put up uh, uh, this wall against it and we become strong against the things that come against us. And when it comes in little bits, we can take it. But suddenly when the anxieties get too much and the worries get too much, they start pounding against our resistance. And eventually our resistance starts to erode and starts to fail. And eventually what will happen is those anxieties and those worries, they will take over and they'll cause destruction in our lives. And so when you have the spirit of Jesus within you, what Jesus says, he says, you don't have to put up a wall by yourself against your anxieties or your worries. Jesus says this, step aside. I'm going to become that wall for you. And what happens is there's nothing in this world that can be too much for Jesus. And Jesus stops the wall and Jesus never erodes and Jesus never fails. And so we can have this peace of mind and heart because we know that Jesus is putting up a standard against it. In fact, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord puts up a standard against it. And that's exactly what God does in your life. Now, I love the picture that Philippians tells us about. It says this, it says, that that Jesus gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. And I love this picture because it's almost like when issues and problems and anxieties and worries come, it's like suddenly the army of God surrounds us and it guards us so that nothing can penetrate and get through at all. Now, just imagine for a moment how contagious our calm would be when everybody else is freaking out and going crazy and you are just calm. When everybody else is anxious and worried and they don't know what tomorrow may hold and you say, it's okay. Jesus has taken care of it. It's okay. I don't have these worries because I took them off myself and I gave them to Jesus. Jesus is carrying my worries. Imagine what we would ingrain in the makeup of our kids if we show them that peace surrounds those who stay close to Jesus. Imagine what our kids would do when they go off to college and they got issues or maybe they go into the big wide world and suddenly they start having anxieties and worries but they've seen their parents grow up with this peace that guards their house and they'll say, it's okay, Jesus is in control. Jesus is putting up a standard against it. I think if our kids saw us live a life like that, I wonder if we would never have worries about them straying from the path. The reason is, is because when they start to stray and they start to open the gifts that this world starts to give, they start to realize these gifts are nothing compared to Jesus' gifts. Now, we have peace, but also the Bible tells us that a fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience. Now, I'm going to be honest with you today, and and it could be wrong, but I, I started to think this week about my own patience. 
And I started to realize that I've lived in the United States nearly 13 years. And in those 13 years, my patience has become a little less and less and less and less. There's something about British people that they can wait for like ever and a day and never complain. It's kind of like something that's weird within us. Like we will be in a restaurant and we will wait five days for our food and we'll still never complain if it never comes. I don't know why we do it, but I started to discover that the more I started to ingrain myself as an American, I started to realize I complained a little bit more than, than I used to. In fact, I would never complain in a restaurant You never know what they would do in a restaurant if you complained. But yet, I started to complain if I had to wait for my food more than 10 minutes. And I started realizing that my patience became a little less and less. And this is why, is because we are ingrained in a culture that hates to wait. We were told growing up that patience is a virtue. But it's a virtue that our culture doesn't value. Because we hate to wait. The only thing that our culture hates that is instant is instant coffee, right? Everything else, we love instant. We want it immediately. We even have drive-through pharmacies because we want stuff immediately. Now we have drive-through Starbucks and we have drive-through Dunkin' Donuts and we have drive-through banks. And I love them all because you don't have to wait. But the reality is, is we hate to wait, yet we are told that the fruit of the Spirit of Jesus living within us is patience. In fact, some of the older versions of the Bible call it long-suffering. means that it's going to suffer a little. You're going to suffer a little as you wait. If you want to know what long-suffering means, just ask a kid to sit down and wait for five minutes before you give it some candy. And they will be like, it's suffering, it's so long at all. In fact, I got a quick video clip I want to show you. Someone who doesn't know what long suffering is. Watch this. Oh. Hey Siri, set timer for 14 minutes. Okay, 14 minutes and counting. Waiting for cookies. Hey Siri, play me waiting playlist. Thank you. If I could say time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do Need so hungry for cookie is to say every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. Hey Siri, check the timer. Here's the timer. Oh. If words could make wishes come true. He's like my favorite character from Sesame Street. But it's so true, right? I mean, we are like that in life. And this is the issue I think we have with patience. We lack it because we think we are waiting for something that's going to fill or satisfy our emptiness within our soul. And so we think if we can just get that today instead of waiting for it tomorrow, the emptiness within us will be filled. However, for the Christ follower, tomorrow promises great things. 
There's no doubt about it. But we have been given the kingdom of God for today. And if we can start to understand the fullness of God that is available today, we will have no problem waiting for tomorrow because today will satisfy us. Romans chapter 5 verses 3 to 5 tells us this. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into troubles and trials. For we know that, that they will help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So Paul is telling us that when troubles come, it's okay. It's okay if, if, if it's not resolved immediately because God is building within us this endurance. See, when God makes you wait, it's not because it's not your turn. It's because God is making you and creating you into who he desires you to be. And that, create, that requires endurance. See, God is not going to graduate you until you're ready. Because God doesn't want you to go on to the greater things that he has or the different things that he has if you are not ready to take them on. James chapter 5 verses 7 and 8 tells us this. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. See, the reason sometimes we have to wait is because things are not ready. Now, if you look at my grass in my front yard, there's some bare patches and they've been, they've been annoying me all winter because I just want to put grass in them. But I know if I had planted seeds in the middle of winter, those seeds wouldn't have done anything because it was too cold and the ground would not have been able to take it. So I'm having to wait until a few more 60 degree weather days so I can go in and I can till the ground and I can plant those seeds. Why? Because then it's creating a better environment for them to flourish. And in your life, maybe God is making you wait because now is not a good time because if he gave you what you wanted today, tomorrow you would fail. And God doesn't want you to fail. See, one of the biggest reasons people have money issues it's because they're unable to wait for tomorrow what they want today. Some of the biggest failures in business is because people, that, that, that they went uh, too fast. That, that they, they jumped the gun and they weren't ready. I know we bought our house in 2012 and a lot of our friends bought houses in 2005, 2006, 2007. And so we waited a few more years than they did, even though we wanted to buy a house because everybody else was buying a house. But guess who has more equity in their home today than those who bought them in 2005, 2006, 2007? We do. Why? Because we waited and we were able to buy at an opportune time. And just because everyone else seems to have it today doesn't mean you're ready for it today. Let me tell you, for those of you who are single today, all you want is to get married and find that soulmate and find that husband or wife. 
And let me tell you, if you are not ready for marriage, if you get married before you're ready, the pain of being single is a lot less than the pain of a failed marriage. Many of you, you just want kids, but you haven't worked on your marriage. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, once you have kids, it's going to be very hard to work on your marriage while you're trying to raise little kids. And you're going to have to wait until you're older, maybe, to even work on your marriage because of what kids can do. Don't always be ready for the next stage of life. Be content in what you have today because God is making you. God is molding you. God is shaping you. The assurance of the believer of Jesus is that tomorrow can wait. Tomorrow can wait. For God is working on me today. And that's what we should do when troubles come. When, when, when we don't have what we want, say, tomorrow can wait. For God is working on me today. I can suffer short-term pain for long-term gain. And this is rare in this world. Let me tell you, no one wants to catch the debt, instant gratitude virus that our world is giving us. Everybody wants to catch the calm, I'm at peace, I have patience kind of gift that you're able to give. See, the amazing thing about allowing the Holy Spirit to work in and through our lives is that a calm and a tranquility comes over our soul. The things that everyone else thinks is so important fades from our impulses and you start to, to see the incredible beauty of living where Jesus is first and foremost in your life. I just wonder how healthy our marriages would be if we let peace and patience flow. I wonder how spiritually healthy our kids would be if they saw homes where peace and patience was abounding. As I close with this, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he said, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy them. He said, But store up your treasures in heaven. Then Jesus said this in Matthew 7 verse 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make up their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Then he says this. So don't worry about these things saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These things dominate the thought of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything that you need. They are the words of Jesus right there. He's saying, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Seek 
God today, live in the kingdom today, and just watch God do wonderful things in your life. See, in the kingdom of God, there is never need for anxiety or instant gratification. The piggy bank is a common place. Small gifts are open first, and cookies are allowed to rise and bake. All because we know that when we allow God to be first, he takes care of everything we need. Let's bow our heads in prayer. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, let's say a quick prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed over, over the Thessalonians. In Thessalonians 2, 3, 16, he said this, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, that's my prayer for you today, that the Lord of peace will give you his peace. That you will not have to walk out of this place with the anxieties and the worries of this life that are just weighing down on your shoulders. But today you're going to be able to to package those anxieties and those worries and you're going to be able to give them to Jesus. And today you're going to accept the gift that Jesus gives to you and that's the gift of peace of mind and heart. That you won't have to worry about what everybody else is doing and, and having today what you think you need today. But you can wait for tomorrow. Because today you have the kingdom of God available to you. And so if that's you, if you're in that place where you've got anxieties or worries, if you're struggling because you don't have today what you want today, then as I pray, just pray with me today and pray that the God of all peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.